1: All right, welcome back
2: to 106.7 The Fan Overtime, Ben Sandick, Britt Giroli. We write for The Athletic, and today, of course, till 9 o'clock, we're here with you on 106.7 The Fan talking. The Washington football team, Ron Rivera, spoke today along with Martin Mayhew. They said a bunch of things, Britt, about a bunch of things. And uh, it, sometimes it's not always what they say. It's how they say it. It's what they don't say. It's so fun. I'm gonna have a have a story up tomorrow. Basically, what they said and what I heard. I love doing these because I get to, I get to act like a little bit of a jerk. Like I can you know pretend like I know exactly what's in their head. But this is the job to a degree. I need to know what they're thinking at all times. I, and I think I know what they, I think I know what they're thinking.
3: Are you trained in human lie detection and body language, Ben?
2: Well, look, I mean, isn't this how this works in life? You, you're you around somebody long enough, and you're really focusing on them. They're not like your coworker that you don't even notice that hasn't been around for a week, right? I'm talking about, like, somebody you're really paying attention to. What I pay attention to what Ron Rivera says, does things all the time. This is what I get paid to do, which is not the worst thing in the world. Could be worse. So, yeah, I, I have some thoughts about it. Here's the thing, though, about Ron Rivera, and we'll get into this as we go through some of the um, some of the clips that he had to say here over over the next hour, and we want to take your calls, 800-636-1067. The question of the day is, how do you think Ron Rivera will address the quarterback situation ultimately? Not what do you think, although you're going to tell me anyway. Tell us anyway. But what what do you think he's actually going to do? I, I don't know that Ron Rivera is always the most reliable narrator, and I'm going to give you an example in a bit as to why that's the case. But even within that, even when people sort of, talk out of both sides of their mouth, you still have to figure out what does that say about the situation? You, you said you had a chance to listen to it as well today? Uh,
3: yeah. I Well, I listened to, I think, part of the highlights. Um, And I thought, you know, here's the thing. He kind of talks in, in circles and also, as you said, it's important to read between the lines. Like He kept talking about immaturity. um, and, and clearly he's referring to several players on the team, not the team as a whole. He's trying to send a message when he talks about, and earlier this season as well, about not being mature enough. Um, I think he's kind of telling you something without really telling you something. And guys like Ron Rivera are masters at this kind of thing. They tell you just enough, but they don't single out guys. They don't throw guys out under the bus. And I think when you read some of these comments and some of the kind of way he reacted to things, it's true. I mean, there are some excuses in here for how they played. And I guess that's typical There's also a reason that they played the way they did, and that's just they weren't as good as the other teams at the bottom line. Yes, they had injuries. Yes, they had COVID. Other teams had the same thing, you know, Ben. So um, I did have some really interesting thoughts just reading through the transcript and kind of seeing it all in one place. Uh, We'll get to that a little later. But I did ask you to tell us how you think Ron Rivera is going to handle this quarterback situation before the break. People are still anxiously waiting for this answer so I want to know Ben what's it going to be
2: <laughs> so the, the uh and we've got some callers who want to share their thoughts as well so I, I want to play a clip here and I'll, and I'll give you my answer on the other side of, of of this clip um Donald clip number 11 basically so Ron Rivera has there were a lot of questions today about the quarterback in different ways he was asked one or effectively the answer had to do with the importance of one because we can all sit here and say they need one the question is how much do they think they need one? Here's what Rivera said today about the importance of having a franchise quarterback.
4: I think if we if we're fortunate enough to to to, to find that guy, identify that guy, and have that guy on our football team, yes, and and I think our, our personnel is, is more than good enough. Again, I'm optimistic. I believe in me. I believe in our team. I believe in you know what we can be. Yes, it, it does. Uh, and and I'll point to the fact that a couple you know our our first season here. When we we moved some people around, and Alex Smith came in, and we really saw that, we saw that development and growth, and and that to me is what a good quarterback can do for you, is he elevates the play of the people around him. You know, he manages the games, he he he, he distributes the ball, and when needed, and make plays, and and, and and that's what you look for. That's what you got to have. Um, to your question, yeah, that that's 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 exactly what he does.
2: All right, so so that was Ron Rivera earlier t- today. Now a couple things about that. It wasn't anything overly earth shattering within the answer, except for the fact: How does he when when he's asked a question that has to do with finding a quarterback? Where does his head go? He talks about Alex Smith, a a quintessential veteran quarterback. Forget the fact that Alex Smith had the crazy story with coming off the leg injury. The fact that it was a guy who had all that experience, a guy who was a locker room leader who was able to, uh, you know, with his veteran experience, help younger guys develop help over help mask some holes you're not getting that out of a rookie right no matter how good the rookie is year one i mean except for the elite of the elite but even peyton manning labored as a rookie right joe burrow wasn't didn't have a winning record last year uh, before his injury justin herbert as good as he was last year they didn't have a winning record so in terms of the next year which i think is important for rivera he's had two two seasons here with losing records it's four years in a row for him personally with a losing record, I think he needs to get something going. So I think we'll play some more clips as well. To, to emphasize this, I think it's a veteran. I think he's ultimately going to have to go down that route because he, he personally has got to feel, I need to get something here quick. A rookie may be the right path for the organization, but for him, I just don't think that's he could be that patient.
3: So we're in agreement that they cannot go through the draft. They can, though. I See, I here's my question, Ben. Why can't they do both? Why can't they sign a veteran and then also look at the draft and say, all right, can we find somebody here? Why Why can't they? Why are we, so, Why is it an either-or scenario?
2: So I think the thing is this, right? If you're drafting a rookie in the first round, you're saying this is our quarterback for the future. Maybe, fine, maybe rookie year you can sort of punt a little bit and say he's not ready yet. You know, teams do that. I personally would, would do that a fair amount. Um, that's fine. But if you're going the veteran route, if you're signing a real one, a difference maker, not just your Andy Dalton or a Mitch Trubisky, somebody who's in this sort of same tier as Taylor Heineke, who you already have, then you're signing that player to a significant contract. That doesn't make any sense. Since you'd get a Derek Carr type person and the rookie, so you're it's either either or. So if you don't, if you go veteran, but draft the rookie and the free agency comes first, so you can you'll, you'll know what you've done before before you get to the draft then that veteran is likely somebody who's a stopgap more than a real answer. And the stopgap, I don't know, gets you to where you want to go.
3: Well, I don't have a whole lot of faith that they get a veteran that's not a stopgap. Do you? We've kind of gone over the options before, and they're limited. I mean, does anybody think Roger Goodell is going to let this team sign Deshaun Watson? Like, absolutely not. That's just not going to happen here with the organizational issues. Is Aaron Rodgers going to come here? We've, We've talked about how we don't think, that's a viable option. So we go around the clock and you look at some of these options and some are better than others, but they're not these huge names. I mean, they miss the boat on Matt Stafford. And so that's why I wonder, Ben, why they can't do both, why they can't get a rookie, they get a guy who's a stopgap, who's better than what they have, who's enough to kind of appease the masses and maybe get them a winning record, an okay season, feeling better about Rivera, while also selling the hope of the young kid on the bench watching because hope is a dangerous drug and people will buy into hope.
2: Uh, for sure. I think the question is, is that guy out there? But look, we've got some calls. We've got, I think if I've got this right on online to captain in Savannah, wants to talk about targeting a quarterback and mentioning here, Deshaun Watson. What captain, what you got?
5: Hey, what's going on guys? The killer bees. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Uh, it's captain Redbeard. Actually. I'm on my boat down in Savannah. Um, I, uh, I I can't see them going after Jimmy G or or Trubisky or or any of these middle-tier guys. They're rolling out a worldwide brand in New York City on the Today Show, and they're going to have the face of that entire era be Jimmy G or Marcus Mariota? There's just no way. I mean, they're they're probably going to draft someone, but they need a big-time, big-splash leader to say, look, this is our new name, our new brand's the millions and millions and millions of jerseys and T-shirts and mugs and socks and boxers and everything else are printing out, the face has got to be a big name, whether that's Russ or maybe Watson, but I, I know you guys just said Watson's probably not, you know, that's, that's kind of a tough sell, but they, they need a, a big-time leader that's going to just come in and throw it all over the place and give them a lot of wins.
2: Appreciate the call. And, you know, look, Watson, and just to go back there, you, you know, obviously, Britt, you referenced He's got uh, obviously a lot of uh, off the field baggage. He still has these uh, these uh, what do we call it uh, questions allegations. About allegations uh for from countless women at this point. And the question is is how does that get resolved? And is can a team like Washington considering no. its situation deal with that? Now he also has a no trade clause. He has indicated that Miami is where he wants to go. Now Miami has just. Uh, change their head coach. We'll see what they do there. Maybe that alters his thinking about what he wants to do. But just from a football perspective, you know, if Deshaun Watson with the no trade clause, it is the question, why does anybody saying they want to come here? The the junkies had Rivera on today and they grilled them about this. They were like, hey, why would somebody want to come here? You guys don't win. And Rivera was like, well, you know, have faith. Okay, but uh, uh, any of these quarterbacks have options. They don't have to have faith. They need to have results what are you doing for me right now to help my situation so i think that's the problem um with that is for any of those kinds of guys why are, if you have a choice why are you picking washington
4: right
3: well i can i think captain redbeard who by the way is super jealous you're on your boat that the weather is okay because it feels like five degrees here oh it, right it, now Yeah, not um you know i think he hit it on the head you are rolling out this huge brand and like who is the face of it you would Love to have this big, not big time, big name quarterback, but just imagine for me for a second, Benjamin, close those eyes and imagine Deshaun Watson all over FedEx Field with an organization run by Dan Snyder. Like that is just—I mean, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. I think you have to eliminate him off that list. I don't think the NFL would even let that happen. I think the league would step in if it got to that level. So the the list is getting smaller, and I just think. You maybe get a stopgap. You get a guy who's a little bit better than what you have now. And, again, you hope for the future because I just don't see that impact quarterback being in Washington next year.
2: And and I will say from the face of the quarterback perspective, the rookie could be that. If you draft a quarterback in the first round, you could absolutely put that quarterback on the posters and have people get excited. Whether it works out, that's a whole other story. But you can get excited about that uh, for Sure. All right, Britt, uh, we've got more. We've got PJ on the line, Chris on the line. We'll get to them in a second. Plus, Britt, I'm going to explain to you where I see Ron Rivera to some degree talking out of both sides of his mouth on this idea of a rookie quarterback. We'll get to all that and more here on 106.7 The Fan.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.
3: Great selection here, buddy. I see you. I see what you're doing, and I appreciate it. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing, here with you on Overtime 106.7. We are here until 9 o'clock. We are talking all kinds of NFL today. Washington football team, big day. Ron Rivera spoke. Ben talked to about 30 players as well, and he's going to go through every single thing every single guy told him. So, Make sure you stay tuned for that.
2: By the way, like shout out to Washington's PR led by Sean Barbary I mean, typically on an exit interview day, even for like a, a big NFL roster, you're getting like 15 players, especially in this current world where they have to drag the player to the camera yeah. to talk to us. They got us 36 roughly It's off the charts impressive. And it's great for all of us involved. Good. Good for us for the content. Good for everybody outside out there to hear from the players before they head out to the offseason.
3: I'm so jealous. I'm so <laughs> jealous. Um you know, so there's a lot going on, obviously. But here's the thing everyone loves drama. And what's going on in the NFL that just happened uh basically right before we came on air is the Giants got rid of Joe Judge finally. We've got a bunch of calls about that. Uh, let's go to Chris in Maryland. Chris, you're on with a uh, Britt and Ben. What's up? We lost. I don't
2: Chris? know. I do not hear I do not hear Chris. Um, All right. We'll tell you what. So let's go, let's go to this Brit. So we we got a bunch of clips here from Ron Rivera today. And I mentioned before that is Ron Rivera always a reliable narrator in these circumstances. He is aware of obviously what's going on in his head. He knows what conversations they're having. And look, a lot of times when people have to get in front of a mic, maybe they don't want to say exactly what's on their mind for all the obvious reasons. So they have to sort of, uh, Say vamp, say something else. But today he was asked about, I believe I asked the question that had to do with, he has discussed the idea of that Carolina into, he had two losing seasons and then going to his third year, they had a big breakout year. Of course, they had Cam Newton and a lot of nice pieces. Washington's quarterback situation, of course, is unclear. But here's what he had to say about uh, the idea of patience with a rookie quarterback.
4: I feel we have a, a pretty good nucleus right here that, that if we did do that with a rookie, I, I wouldn't be afraid to play him. Because you know, you're bringing him here for one reason, that's to play. If, if, you, if you draft him, um, are you guys going to be patient enough to give me two seasons? Are you guys going to be patient enough if I, if I don't play him? Mm-hmm. So if we do that, we're doing that to, to play him. I'm not doing it to have him wait. Because, again, it, it, it's, it is about, like I said, to meet a third season You know, is when you take another step. You know, and, 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 and hopefully we've done the things with the other positions that would warrant us finding the guy to put in and get ready to roll. You know, whether it comes from one of those four avenues or not, that's the important thing that we have to decide on.
2: All right. So, Britt, you heard Ron Rivera there say, if we're bringing in a rookie quarterback, we're bringing him into play. You heard that, right?
3: I heard. So I heard everything he said, and I also heard him say, we have to win next year. So they're not going the rookie
2: route. So
3: that's what I took from
2: that. Now, here's the thing. Now, look, uh, uh, when you have, I I appreciate the fact that people change their minds. Uh, New information comes in, situations change, all good. In September, before the first game, like two days, three days before the first game, I had a conversation with Ron Rivera on the record. I I used this for a, a different story during the year about how hard it will be to find a quarterback. Here's what he said to me about playing rookies in his opinion. Quote, I think what ha- what's happened and what's unfair to a lot of these young guys, unless the guy has taken in the first three, four, or five picks, to expect him to come in and be the starter right away is so unfair. End quote. He then cited Aaron Rodgers as an example of patience. Aaron Rodgers fell in the draft uh, into the 20s, ends up obviously sitting behind Brett Favre forever, eventually plays, becomes one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That may be an extreme example, but the point is, he said to me in September, unless you have effectively the uh, top guy in the draft, th- it doesn't make sense to play him. That's where you get into trouble. Unless they trade up, they're going to have the 11th pick. And even if you trade up, this is not a draft with a Trevor lawrence type prospect that people might think, well, you could start him day one. So he either has changed his mind since September or...
3: <laughs> he was playing you, Ben, the whole time.
2: Which, what, you think in September he was playing me?
3: Well, I think... He made it very, No, I think he made it very clear that he doesn't want to play. Listen, he's going into year three. He's staring down the barrel of potentially another losing season, as we have said. I think he can't go the rookie route, and he knows it. He can't throw a rookie into the fire. Maybe two years ago he could have, but he can't now. And I'm so glad you brought up Aaron Rodgers because you were saying earlier that you can't get a veteran quarterback and a guy through the draft because, well, the veteran quarterback's going to carry you. Well, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench forever. And if they're getting a veteran quarterback, they're not getting a guy who's 25 years old. They're getting a guy probably on the back end of his career. Why couldn't they sign him and say, he's going to be our quarterback for two, maybe three years, but the third year is really going to be this rookie guy we're going to bring along. What's wrong with that?
2: So, of course, like let's just say you do that, right? That means your first-round pick won't be helping you. Now, obviously, you're viewing it from a long-term perspective, but if we're saying Ron Rivera or any coach at his spot is feeling some pressure, you want that first-round pick to play. Let's just say... You, you could say you get the veteran quarterback, but you use that first round pick to draft, pick whatever you want, another linebacker, a safety, a, ra- a guard to replace Brandon Sheriff, whatever. That guy, in theory, then will be playing and helping you. The backup quarterback will be learning and developing and growing, and he may be doing all that for the next coach when you get fired because you haven't won enough games now. And I think that's why it becomes hard to say, are we going to do this? When you have a Brett Favre, you're winning. So you can roll the dice and say, okay, we think Aaron Rodgers is such a great value. We'll wait. I don't know if you can do that where they are right now.
3: Except if you're getting a quarterback who's a veteran, who's an immediate upgrade, and you're relying on the fact that, okay, Chase Young is going to probably be healthy in play next year, Montez Sweat, Curtis Samuel, look at all these guys who you didn't have this year, Ben. If you have a quarterback who's better, this team already is better than they were. The Giants are a mess. You look at this division. The Eagles are okay. They can be better than the Eagles next year, I believe, if they make the right moves. So I think you can have your cake and eat it too. You just have to draft really, really well, and that necessarily hasn't been what this organization has done.
2: All right, so let's go to the phone lines here. We've got P.J. in rest. has been on hold for a minute. You've got thoughts about what they should do at quarterback. P.J., uh, you're talking to Ben and Britt.
6: Hey, guys. So uh, I think that it's a given that we're definitely going to, you know, get a quarterback, whether it's through the draft or through free agency, because there's no way we can go into next year saying, hey, it's going to be Heineke or Allen. Uh, I would like to see Heineke sign to like a three- or four-year contract as a backup. He's an amazing backup. Now, the best-case scenario, the two guys that would be the best guys for us to get, I just don't know how practical we will be for us to get, would be Russell Wilson, but I don't know if Seattle will really, really trade him, even with all the talk. The other guy would be Derek Carr, but I think now that Derek Carr is getting the Raiders to the playoffs, even if they lose their first game, I would be surprised if Oakland let Derek Carr go. But if Oakland or Seattle are willing to part with Russell Wilson and Derek Carr, those are got to be the two guys we go full bore after, and even if we have to pay a lot to get them. If we can't get those two guys, we need to stay away from like Andy Dalton types. The next two guys, if we cannot get uh, Derek Carr or Russell Wilson, um, this one, you, you may chuckle at this, but Mitch Trubisky out of Buffalo, he looked amazing in the preseason for Buffalo. And I think he played better than Andy Dalton when he was in Chicago last year. The second half of the year, he he outplayed Andy Dalton. A lot of people are not paying attention to that. Trubisky has some talent, and he's still only 26. He may actually be coming into his own now. Uh, The other guy is Gardner Minshew if Philadelphia does not retain him. Gardner Minshew played outstanding with limited weapons in Jacksonville. In Philadelphia, in spot duty, he's played outstanding. He has a career almost like a 70% completion percentage passer. He's a little bit like a little bit of a better version of a Taylor Henneke. Those are two bridge guys. If we take Derek Carr or Russell Wilson, we don't draft any quarterback. It would be silly to draft a quarterback. If we take somebody like a Trubisky or a... Um, or uh, Gardner Minshew, then I could see us taking the quarterback's first, second, or third round in that situation. The reason hey, PT, why – Hey, PJ, I really appreciate the call. I'll We're
2: coming up on a, on a break here. I appreciate the call and some good thoughts. I don't I don't really – dis, I don't actually hate the Trubisky thing. He actually took Buffalo – or took the, the Bears to the playoffs last year. But, yeah, that's not going to go over well with the fan base on any level.
3: You can't sign Derek Carr, who, by the way, remember we had someone on from Oakland like a week or two ago that was like, listen well, – well, listen, let me tell you about Derek Carr. You watch him in small stints, he's fine. You watch him every week, he's not. You can't get Derek Carr and then not draft a, an, a backup option, in my opinion. Was, Russell Westbrook, okay, you're in a little bit of a different class if here. The, if the
2: football team gets Russell Westbrook, that would be really fascinating. But Russell, Russell Wilson, I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, I do that all the time.
3: <laughs> but, you know, then you're in a little bit of a different class. But I, I think you still have to go out, if you get a Derek Carr or a Mitch Strabinsky, any of these guys, and still think about the draft. Um, some, some really interesting things, but again, nobody in that group made you think like, wow, we got to go all in, push our chips in here. Um, I don't know, Ben. I mean, we're going to talk plenty of NFL. We're going to break all this down for the next hour and a half here, but coming up next segment, I'm going to talk to you about baseball for a second. And I'm going to let you know why, if you're a baseball fan, all hope is not lost, Ben. All hope is not lost on this lockout. Got some MLB news for you coming up. We're also going to get into the NFL with Sirius XM uh, insider Adam Kaplan. No, at 8 o'clock? 8
2: o'clock.
3: 8 o'clock. Be here. Stick with us. Britt Jorolli and Ben Standing.
4: Welcome back to
2: 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing and Brit Jorolli here. We write for The Athletic. We've been talking about the Washington football team because Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew spoke today. We've talked a lot about the quarterbacks, but they did talk about a bunch of other things. Terry McLaurin, Brandon Sheriff, Jamin Davis, and more. We'll get to all that in a second. And then NFL insider Adam Kaplan with us at 8 o'clock to talk NFL playoffs and what should be a wacky quarterback search, not just for Washington, but around the league. We'll get to all that in a second. But, Britt, you uh, teased us in the last... Segment with some baseball news for people who are not aware. Although how do you how are you not aware of this? Britt is one of the foremost uh, baseball insiders out there, and uh, her sport, unlike mine, which has been happening and crazy, her sport's just chilling on the side, going yo, what's going on? We're we're gonna we're gonna hang out here. We're just gonna wait and you know Netflix and chill for a bit. But now maybe that's changing. What 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 do we got going on here?
3: Yeah. So big news. So for the first time since MLB instituted a lockout. Back on December 2nd, um, they are actually going to have a conversation. The I know, it's crazy, right? We're getting super excited because MLB is going to present a new core economics proposal on Thursday in a video conference to the Players Union. Now, this may sound silly, Ben, but again, the last time these two teams met, before the owners locked them out on December 2nd, the meeting lasted seven minutes. So this is not great. Even you have had relationships that lasted longer than this, right?
2: uh some i've had one last shorter but yes yeah can't wait
3: for that story yeah
2: well um we need some tequila for that
3: wow we're gonna have to do do that one of these days but no seriously it it is going to get down to crunch time this month they're going to have to reach an agreement at some point if they're going to keep the schedule pretty normal around this time i'm usually super excited counting down the days till i get out of this weather and go down to spring training that's not the case right now so hopefully There's some kind of movement with this new proposal. I don't think they're going to have any kind of agreement on Thursday. I think that's a pie-in-the-sky type of dream. But if you're a baseball fan, they're at least going to talk. They're going to address some of the dozens of issues that they have uh, and hopefully get a little closer. So stay tuned for that. It's really a sad state of affairs, Ben, that we are talking all this exciting NFL playoffs and the future of the football team. And I'm like, hey, my sport is a meeting over Zoom. Let's get excited.
2: I grew up a huge baseball fan and partly because of my job, have I sort of steered away from it. Also the team I grew up rooting for, the Orioles are basically not in the sport these days. If this was a English premier soccer, they would have been relegated for sure down a level or two, but at the same time, I'd like to be more engaged. It just feels like baseball makes it really hard for me to do that. And this feels just like another example. I don't even understand what we're arguing about these days or like, What is the deal? Like, how confident are you? Forget everything else. How confident are you that April 1st, there will be baseball?
3: I'm confident April 1st there will be baseball, but I think spring training may be impacted by this quarrel of sorts because uh, I don't see the two sides reaching an agreement in time, and I think players, by and large, don't like spring training anyway. They show up in shape. This isn't the days of, like, Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle where they show up day one and have to get in shape. These guys are working out year-round now. It's totally different. They don't need six weeks of spring training. Um, and as for what they're arguing about, just a quick recap for those who don't follow or aren't aware. The main issues on the player side are teams that are tanking, such as Ben's Orioles, teams that lose over and over again uh, to collect the draft picks that are kind of ruining the competition of the game. They want to establish a way to fix that, whether it's changing the draft order for records, um, giving some kind of minimum salary that you have to hit, minimum payroll, and also what these teams are doing with revenue sharing. The poorer teams are getting millions of dollars, and they don't have to prove that they're spending that on players necessarily. So that and raising the minimum salary are the main concerns, and obviously the owners want to suppress costs at all costs.
2: Um, Britt, on uh, line four, we've got Chris and Maryland. Apparently he wants to talk. It says here, talk Washington football quarterback, but also – Major League Baseball. Chris, you've got – if you can thread this needle, I'll be impressed. Hey, I'll, what I you got, got
7: it. I think I can do it because, Britt, that's initially what I called. And, Britt, you started this show saying you're switching from baseball mode. Can you all hear me, by the way? We can. can. Okay, good. Okay, Britt, you started by saying you're switching baseball mode to football mode. Don't ever switch baseball mode. That's the best part. But, anyway, I'll try to stay on topic. The QB thing, they cannot do the in-house thing. You say they're changing the brand name on two, twenty-two. So that comes first. Then what comes next? Is it free agency or the draft? Or free agency starts right after the Super Bowl, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is in January of last year is when Matthew Stafford was traded, and Washington back in, I what, Okay,
7: all right, I'm sorry, but what comes first? Free agency, free agency is comes right first, after the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, yeah, free agency will be, like, you know, late February, early March, and the draft is late April.
7: Okay, okay, so the draft is last. Okay, um, I got you. I, I'm sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, but I, I don't see, all right, in-house is out, because like everyone's saying, they've got a new brand, they're not going to shuffle out everything old. They've got to have some change, something new. So we are got to, and that trade, you're, everybody knows they're desperate. I see that as the third least opposition, or uh, uh, thing they'll do. The, uh, so that leaves the draft and free agency, and I think, like Britt said, they'll probably try to do, I'd try to do both. Why not? Do it. Um, and uh, that that's kind of what I think Ron will do. You just asked what Ron would do, that's what I'm giving you. I'm not giving you what I would do, but it's pretty similar. Because he's already exhausted all the Carolina um, right? Allen, um, um, uh, Taylor Heineke, even sniffed it. Um,
2: I mean, hypothetically um, Cam Newton is still out there, but I would right, have yeah, to but imagine that that's... So
7: so he already tried him, and uh, he's passed <laughs> yeah. on him four or five times, so he's out. So, And I don't see any other connections. Are we missing any Carolina attachments? That would be something to consider as far as Rivera's concerned. Okay, then real quick, before, if I may, uh, um, it's too bad that they fired John, or uh, Judge at uh, New York because he was an asset to everybody else in the division, him being the coach for the, them. So that's too bad he got fired. I was hoping they'd keep him for that purpose. Um and um so wait, Chris, and, what's your, and and I yeah, appreciate question. the baseball talk. Oh, but before I get to that, uh um um Britt, you know, if you all you saw on two ninety five of what you saw in the middle of a pandemic and freezing temperatures, you gotta all fight on that road. And don't excuse females. They they were they, but the poor man, it was awful cold for him to be doing such a thing, so hopefully you get cut him some slack, but I understand what you're saying. There's all that's uh, that's what you know. Um, the baseball, I appreciate that. And Britt, I don't know if you maybe did mention this. I also thought that the um, years of free or years of arbitration is a big issue also with the baseball talks. And I appreciate that. And Ben, if you're so good at um, looking at body language, maybe you can see what these the owners and the players are doing, but I guess if it's was on Zoom, it's more difficult because all we're going to get is a bunch of lies until it gets down to the real issues, and thank you all, and Brett, big fan, keep up the good work, thank you for taking my call. Bye.
3: Thanks, we appreciate it, and you are right, the free agency arbitration is something that's the players want, but I've been told numerous times that it's pretty much a non-starter for the owners, and um, for people who aren't super familiar with these kind of things, Ben, it's basically like paying Juan Soto what Juan Soto was worth immediately, Instead of paying Juan Soto a very cheap salary that he's not worth while he's under team control, this is how teams like the Rays operate. This is how teams are able to rebuild. And then, of course, they become too expensive. These guys all leave for free agency and they have to do the cycle again. Uh, So there is no way owners are going to give up that chip. Um, I don't think that that's really something that should be at the forefront anyway. Less than 40% of MLB players even go to free agency. I think a bigger deal to guys is going to be raising that minimum salary. That affects all these guys, and that affects the guys who aren't making millions of dollars, which is a majority of the league.
2: Uh, Britt, this is why I'm glad you're on the case for the MLB, because somebody needs to be aware of what's happening and, and, and explain to the masses, what it all means. Oh, let's do this. We still have Carlo from Maryland on the line wants to talk quarterback. Let's do that right before we go to break. Carlo, what you got?
8: Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having uh, having me on and taking my call. Appreciate it. Um yeah, I think I think it's pretty obvious the team's got to go get a quarterback in the offseason. I think we all agree with that. I I personally think that in the in the uh, free agent period right after the Super Bowl They'll try to go after a mid level guy like a Trubisky or a Mariota. They'll try to give up a third or a second to get one of those two guys. If that falls through, then they'll put all their money, as they say, into the draft, right? They'll try to get a deal to trade up and go get a guy like Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Um, I'm a, personally a big fan of Matt Corral. Um, I think the guy's an absolute gamer. He's a winner. He's a leader. Um, he played in the SEC. Um, you know, he's a little bit small, but. Personally, I think he's the best quarterback coming out of college this year. I am not a fan of Pickett. I think he's, uh, he's got a big ego. I think he's uh, full of himself a little bit, and I think he quit on his team when he didn't play in the Peach Bowl. I was, that turned me off quite a bit, and I think that, you know, you saw what Matt Corral did. He said, uh, look, I'm going to play. There's no way I'm quitting on my team and not playing in the bowl game. That, to me, says a ton. I also, I also think that we are not done with the in-house option of Kyle Allen. I, I think Ron Rivera thinks very highly of him. I think Scott Turner thinks very highly of him. I think there's a reason that none of us know about as to why he didn't play uh, the last couple games this year, why he didn't play against the Giants. I think his ankle is not 100%. He kind of alluded to that in his uh, interview the other day uh, after uh, his last you know, end-of-season interview. He said that he's going to take the offseason to get his ankle strong. He didn't have a chance to do that during the season in case he had to play. He wasn't really able to push it. So I do think that Kyle Allen is Taylor Heineke, basically 2.0. He's a little faster, a little stronger, and knows the offense just as well. I think you can go into the season with a mid-level guy, with Kyle, with Taylor, and with whoever we draft, and let you know, let the best three guys win. You're going to end up cutting one of the four. Um, and, and you kind of go into the season that way, uh, in my opinion. But I still don't think we're done with Kyle Allen. I really don't. I think the guy can play. I think when he had his chance last year, he did a good job. Even though he didn't win the games, he played pretty well. And I think that – I think they kept him around all season for a reason. I don't think – I don't think you're done with him yet. But but personally, I like Matt Corral. And uh, we'll see what we can do, you know, in in free agency if that – if that doesn't does or doesn't work out.
2: Carlo, I appreciate the call and uh Matt Corral is going to be one of the names we are looking at for sure o- over the next few months with regards to the draft. I did not britt have Kyle Allen being in the mix for the job next year on my bingo card tonight, so I'll uh pox on my house for that for not for that yeah. one. Uh we could talk more about Kyle Allen a- after the break if we choose to and the in-house options as well cuz I do think it's something that Rivera didn't say today that says a lot about what he thinks about the in-house options. We could do all that. Up next, Ben Standick, Britt Giroli here on 106.7 The Fan.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
9: Selling a little or a lot.
3: Ben standing here with you, talking all sorts of Washington football team. We're going to get into the NFL a little bit later with Sirius XM insider Adam Kaplan. Also, you know what I want to talk about later on too, Ben? Your impressions from last night's game, the Alabama-Georgia game. I want to know what you thought, if you liked it, if you didn't like it. Um, Some really interesting numbers coming out from that game that we'll get into a little bit later. But first, we've, we've kind of been dissecting the Ron rivera Eulogy of sorts, right? They always give this like state of the team at the end of the season and, and tell you kind of what they think or what they want you to think, how they present these it, kind of fronts.
2: We, we, we view these people as football coaches. They are really politicians who have this specific job that this, but they are, it is about a message, especially right now. It's going to the off season, whatever Ron Rivera is trying to have you forget that they got smashed by the Dallas Cowboys three weeks ago, that there had two players on the sidelines Throw some, throw a punch at, at each other. That they lost. That they ended up losing four in a row before uh, beating the worst team in the league. They don't want you. They, he doesn't want you to focus on that. He wants you to focus on. Hey, we have Terry McLaurin and Chase Young and Jamin Davis or and whatever. We have a lot. We have a lot of young talent. Antonio Gibson. We're gonna go get you that quarterback. This is have have patience. We're gonna figure this out. Ignore everything else you've seen. <laughs> that that is part of part of the message uh, today for sure. Here was one message I took from today, Britt. I already had this message loud and clear. I didn't need confirmation. But for anybody who was sitting there who's been wondering, well, what about Taylor Heineke? Could Taylor Heineke be the starter? Hey, wait a minute. Ryan Fitzpatrick was here all year, barely, only played less than one half, but he's still around. He's a free agent, technically. but Well, you know who Ron Rivera didn't mention today in his 36, 38-minute press conference by name? Any quarterback who's currently on the roster or who was with the team this year, he said all the different options in house, draft, free agency trade, never mentioned by name any of those quarterbacks. And to me, if you really want to, ha- if you were really thinking about any of those players to be their starter, you absolutely would have mentioned them by name, not to say broadly we have in house options. Well, sure. I mean, I have food in my, in my, uh, refrigerator, I don't necessarily want to make it my dinner tomorrow night. You know what I mean? It's not that exciting. It's just like some basic leftovers and stuff. I'm not going, wow, I'm going to really promote you know, this You know, turkey from like two days ago. No.
3: Well, here's the other thing though, too, to play devil's advocate with you, Ben. Even if he's like, you know, Taylor Heinke's probably going to be the guy. Like, I don't really see us doing much. We might draft a guy. I don't really know. They're trying to sell a new team, a new identity, a new everything. So, Better to have the air of mystery because, again, like I say a lot, hope is a dangerous drug, right? People are going to buy this gear. They're going to hope that this name is, is associated with positive memories. They're going to hope that this team gets better. They're going to hope year three that there's finally a quarterback, and you want them to keep that hope for as long as possible because hope sells tickets. Hope causes people to continue to be fans. So I think even if Ron Rivera thinks to himself, well, it wouldn't be that bad if we had Taylor Heineke next year. If we if we had drafted a guy, or a better set up. If he said it, we'd be talking about how what on earth is Ron Rivera saying? You cannot go into next year with Taylor Heineke, right?
2: For sure. And like I said, he every time it came up during the year, he and look, Heineke is literally playing for him, so he can't just say, well, we're moving on or whatever. But he, hey, you know, you never know is what he would say. Again, this, is, this isn't this is so much about Ron Rivera. This is to all the people out there who I had to endure on Twitter or message boards or or wherever explaining to me that why we shouldn't overlook Taylor Heineke. We had the last caller talk about Kyle Allen, who I honestly said throughout the year, I kind of waiting for them to give Kyle Allen a shot. They didn't. Why didn't they? Well, I wrote a couple weeks ago was in part because he turns the ball over way too much. But the reality is if they were really interested in him, Again, would have been why not Kyle Allen? If you you can mention him, even if he's hurt, you could mention if you really think it. Anyway, here's a question, Britt, about a guy who may or may not be on the team next year, Brandon Scherf. This was a topic that came up today. Uh, we didn't hear a ton from Martin Mayhew. He is the GM, but Ron Rivera is clearly the man in charge. But Martin Martin Mayhew did address Brandon Scherf, the two-time franchise tag recipient. Could there be a third? What's going on there? Here's what Martin Mayhew had to say about Brandon Scherf.
4: Well, Brandon is an outstanding player. Um, Seven years here, five Pro Bowls. I mean, you can't replace that kind of production. Um, Very, very respected in the locker room. And uh, it's been great getting to know him. It's my first year here being around him and seeing his work ethic. Uh, But I think our fans should know. um, We've made every effort to get something done. We continue to work on that. Last year we made an offer to be the highest paid offensive guard in the history of the National Football League. Uh and we'll keep that dialogue going and we'll see where things go.
2: So here's what was interesting about that, Brent. So again, I'm look, I sometimes I, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but sometimes I just don't get what people can't figure out. It's been obvious to me. This isn't about talking to sources. This isn't about, you know, having some great insight. This is just like looking at the room. And reading the room. This is like we talked before about the game of Clue. This is understanding that it's Professor Plum with the revolver in the billiards room. It's been obvious for two years that Brandon Scherf has not been interested in signing a long term contract. It's not even that he hasn't gotten it done, there's been no sense that it was going to happen. He got paid, I think it was like a little over 15 million uh, two years ago when they gave him the first tag. Last year was 18. Based on the math, it would escalate to 26 million. That's what you pay a quarterback. $18 million for a guard is a bit outrageous. A little, and he's a very good player who gets hurt all the time. Uh, I'm not arguing whether he shouldn't be here. They would be better off if he's on the team. But at some point, you got to be real. And this was a time today where they did kind of say, Martin Mayhew said, yeah, you know what? We tried. We have made him an offer. We, all, we gave him an offer that would make him the highest-paid guard in the league. That's what he's saying, at least. And this is where we're at. So I think that, to me, said... Brandon, it's been real Bubala, but we're not we're not doing anything else. If you want to stay, you can tell your agent we're going to work out a deal because we we there's no more tags. We're done chasing.
3: Yeah. I love this for them because you know what? You have to kind of be honest with people at certain point in time so that people aren't saying, "Well, how did they let this guy go?" right? Or why didn't they pay him? I like letting people know, "Hey, we made a really good offer. He was going to be the highest paid guard in the league." And when asked about it, Sheriff said it's between my agent and and them, basically, um, and reiterated that he wants to be here. I mean, this is clearly a lie, as you said. It's clearly a case where he doesn't want to be here, which again is fine. But I like the football team saying we made every effort. We paid him. We were going to pay him more than anybody else was getting paid at that position. And he still didn't want to stay. So, you know what? Like you said, bon voyage. I thought that that was interesting. I don't think the football team should try to give him that kind of money because you're crippling the rest of the organization by paying him that kind of quarterback money.
2: The the, the problem, of course, they have. Now, they do have a decent replacement, it, it looks like, in Wes Schweitzer, who unfortunately uh, missed sort of the second half of the year with an ankle injury. But Schweitzer played pretty well um, when he played. This team, though, has not won games over the last three years without Brandon Sheriff in the lineup. The problem is... He also misses a ton of games. So it's a loss if he leaves. And I still wouldn't even want to be excited about paying any guard, $18 million a year, even if you used his current salary as a baseline for a three-, four-year deal. But people generally, Britt, don't take pay cuts staying where they are. So unless he's willing to take less money per year, it just doesn't seem likely to give him a long-term deal. So my guess is he goes, he's a Midwest guy from what I had been told previously that's kind of the part of the world he'd like to be in. So he ends up signing with some team in that part of the world. But we'll see what happens. You know, again, stranger things have happened. I just would put I would put no money down on them signing Brandon Scherf to a long-term deal. And the fact that Mayhew said what he said pretty much, I think, says that they're letting you know, they're bracing you now that this is probably the end of the road for a guy they picked in the first round who's been a, a multi-time Pro Bowl player but doesn't look like this is going to be happening.
3: I think you're totally on board there. I mean, I'm excited to dig into the rest of the Rivera comments later in the show. I mean, to me, some of the stuff he said, we haven't even scratched the real surface on what I think is one of the most outlandish comments he made. Uh, we'll get into that. And you also had a great story up on The Athletic if you want to tell people about uh, that story. We could talk about that a little bit next segment as well.
2: I mean, look, Terry McLaurin, if, if, if you could pick one player that the fans would say... <laughs> If we have to start over, but we're keeping one player, I think Terry McLaurin's the answer, and I think people were freaked out, maybe even rightfully so, last week when Ron Rivera seemed to give a lukewarm answer as to the question of what's going on with an extension. He was asked about it today. He got a chance to for a do-over. We'll tell you what he had to say up next on 106.7 The Fan. <sighs>
0: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?